Welcome to the Bean Town Podcast for Saturday, March 9th. Quinn David Furnace coming to you live from 817 St. Paul Street, the host with the most. Welcome to my show. I am the creator, the producer, the writer, the editor, the best boy, the key grip, the caterer, all that good stuff of Quinn David Furnace presents the Beantown Podcast or the People's Podcast that is affectionately known, one of Baltimore City's top 500 podcasts and your leading source for misinformation Probably now featured on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Player FM, Spotify, YouTube, SoundCloud, BeantownPodcast.com. Check it out. We got the Beantown blog, all that good stuff. You know where to find us, BeantownPodcast at Yahoo.com. That's Beantown, B-E-A-N-Tune Podcast at Yahoo.com for your concerns, your grievances. Well... A minute in. That's pretty good for, for, oh, we got, we forgot one thing. Listener discretion is advised when you're listening to the Beantown podcast. Number one, we'll occasionally use some uh, aphaplegic language. And number two, the podcast is objectively terrible, although it's going to be made a little bit less terrible when we are joined today by special friend of the podcast. Let's see if we can get this right. Um, in some circles, a co-creator, and other that I said co-creator, not po- pro-creator. Uh, in other circles, um, a lead uh, guitarist and vocalist. In other circles, and in today's circle, accountant extraordinaire, tax auditor to the stars, Matthew Feather. Welcome back to the Bean Town Podcast. It's been a couple months. How are you doing today? I'm doing okay. Um, as always, I feel like. Now, Matthew, you didn't go to business school, is that right? Oh, I did. Um, granted, it was a small school, um, and I didn't end up getting my MBA. That's still uh, in, the, in the game plan for the future, but uh, no, I, am a, I got my bachelor's in accounting, and uh, yeah, that's fun stuff. Hey, while I have you here, did you get the TV guide this week? Yeah, well, I don't own one either, but um, there's this ad for this company that I'm probably going to buy a lot of stock in. It's called Jitterbug, and I'm just learning about it now. Jitterbug flip phone, no contracts, no cancellation fees. They're advertising the all-new Jitterbug Smart 2 with plans with data as low as $17.48 per month. Long-lasting battery. I don't know. It looks pretty good. What are your thoughts on the flip phone? I, I think that uh, the uh, the new form factor of there's a Sa- uh, Samsung uh, phone coming out called the Fold, uh, and everyone's freaking out how it's it's a foldable phone. But I don't know. That jitterbug sounds pretty uh, enticing, and it's it's foldable as well. That's kind of a nod to the, uh, the nostalgic um, texting days and all of us, right? I, Texting on a flip phone, though, is hell. Let's be honest. That's not preferable by any means. Well, I'll say this. The Jitterbug, whatever it was called, Smart 2 series, was advertising its new easy voice recognition texting software. So, oh, maybe wow, voice to text. That's, uh, that's, that's pretty uh, high tech. Yeah, well, don't underestimate the Jitterbug Smart 2 series because they're, they're cutting edge. Yeah. Um, how, many buns, how many buns does it have? I feel like uh, you see those ads for like uh, the senior, uh, not to step on anyone's toes, but uh, there's like a, a phone that's geared towards more so the uh, the older uh, demographic or the senior demographic where there's less buttons, so it's like less intimidating. Is that kind of what the jitterbug is? Are you bringing this up because I'm turning 24 next weekend? Well, I don't know. You are kind of getting up there. I've never been good at texting. If if my iPhone didn't have autocorrect, you'd think I was speaking Swahili or something. It'd be like the the dolphin clicking noises. Dude, I, wait, I don't think dolphins click. 
What are you talking about? Dolphins are clickers. Is it really clicking? What they else would they be doing? You ever see that movie Click with Adam Sandler? Yeah, well, yeah but that doesn't have anything to do with dolphins. <laughs> I had a roommate in college. That was his favorite movie. I never understood it. He would watch it that's frequently. A, that's a movie where he like can control time with a remote. Yeah, that's that stuck. yeah, that's what I've heard. Oh, yeah. I don't think I finished it, but I do. It has a uh, is it a John Voight cameo? Hey, you're asking the wrong guy. Now, for those of us who don't know, John Voight's daughter is whom? Angelina Jolie. That's right. right. Yeah, we're information sharing. Something. Oh, come on! You you got a you got a, a, a an accounting degree, a six figure salary job, a Roth IRA like you wouldn't believe. You've got you've got it all. Don't don't deprecate yourself. I have I have about half of the things that you just mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> Three figure salary job. That's tough. Well, All right. All right. Fair enough. Hey, what do you say we we talk taxes? What do you say we release my taxes live on the air? How does that sound? Let's do it. All right. Let's jump in. Let's lead off with our politics lead. As everyone knows, we love to talk politics on the Beantown podcast. So the Republican tax bill, I was actually doing some research on this about 20 minutes ago thinking, okay, this was a last year thing, right? 2018. It actually passed in 20... Oh, oh, we're going to get to the IRS in a little bit. Trust me. We got some zingers for those guys. Um, Turns out the tax bill was actually 2017. But what a lot of people will come to realize is that its first kind of full year in the rotation is the the 2018 tax year. It's kind of it got traded midseason, if you will. It re-signed a contract in the offseason. Five-year deal, $40 million. It's getting its first full season under its belt. So, Republican tax bill of 2017, first full year of implementation. Matthew, in your opinion, what's worked well? What hasn't worked as well? Um, I don't. The weird thing about tax bills um, and just economics in general, um, because this kind of goes to a different field of play. This is more uh, like econ um, and they're economics even though it's like touted as a science it's there's some philosophy behind it as well um but i would say that you're not really going to know the effects until a few years into it but in that same vein there's projections that don't paint it out to be very great um i at the end of the day you have two different schools of thought and this is being very you know this is generalizing um, but you have people that think that taxes should increase and those that think that should go down. And there's different reasons why they think that. And at the end of the day, I would say that uh, Democrats or Republicans um, are ultimately trying to get to the, a similar place, but their ways of going about it are vastly different for different reasons. So it seems like, one of the big criticisms of the Republican tax bill was that it was going to be good for your average American in the short term, but really bad in the long term. Now, what we've been hearing, at least out of national media coverage, early returns, no pun intended, have been not quite as positive for your average American as we thought. Is that because it's actually not been as good, or is that just the way national media has been covering it i think um i think that the average american doesn't understand how taxes work um let's say in your situation you're filing your taxes and you go through all the steps you put in your w-2 and um you get to the end of it and if you're using are you using TurboTax? is that uh the software you selected i sure am okay how about that i did too um but at the end of the uh, the questions and the filing, and they're you know they're checking how many tax breaks you can get. The average American will look at the refund amount and be like, "Hey, I got a refund of let's say five hundred dollars last year. 
I'm only getting a refund of $300 this year. I didn't see any benefits from the, uh, the new tax bill reform. Ideally, that doesn't mean anything. Um, the amount of money that you get back is the difference between what you should be paying in and what you did. So um, I guess to, to put it pretty blankly, if I am supposed to pay the government um, $1,000 over the course of a year, and I paid in 1500 I should get 500 back. And that's just how it is. If I only put in 1200 then I get 200 back. So people are looking at their returns as um, how much money, how much like the overall tax bill is affecting them. Technically, you should calculate your effective tax um, rate, not the amount of return you get back. So what we're, what we're looking at here... I wasn't paying attention to what you said. Was it, you you pay you end up getting a little bit more per paycheck because you're paying a little bit fewer taxes, and then that means that your 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 deduct or your uh, re- refund at the end ends up being a little bit less. But perhaps you saw the gains throughout the year in incremental amounts on your bimonthly paycheck. Yeah, that I, that's fair. their own different um, uh, tax um, issues um, or stories because at the end of the day, if, if we want to make it as simple as possible, um, and this is me kind of throwing my fellow tax brethren under the bus, but the easiest way to impose a tax would be a flat tax on everybody and it would be proportionate to what they make, what, you know. Um, and that seems like the most straightforward way to go about it. However, uh, because of all this uh, legislation and there's different caveats for like, you know, if you have a mortgage, if you have business expenses and what have you, it will affect everyone a little bit different. Um, but look at it this way. Let's say you're, um, you're paying the government um, to live in the USA. You're paying rent. Okay. Um, and the government says you have to pay. Uh, to make keep it simple, Quinn, you have to pay a thousand dollars a year to live to live here for rent. I'm I'm yeah. white, so I I'm white. I I shouldn't pay rent. You you don't want to pay rent. Well, that's the the caravan. I think would probably yeah, do that. A lot of people just don't want to pay tax. I mean, that's. When you look at it in terms of, and this might get into more political than actually what you know what we're looking at as far as refunds and how it affects us, but the political side would be, well, I feel like, yeah, tax is necessary. Um, it sucks. <laughs> I mean, I'm not the first person to be like, take my money, you know? Um, but to pay for, like, you know, uh, government process, um, protection, and things of that nature, I, it's, it's important. Um, so let's say you're paying for those fees. You're paying for protection, legislation, um, basically to safeguard uh, America as a whole and, um, in part, other countries because we give aid to other countries as well. So let's say you have to pay $1,000 a year for that, right? If you say that you have uh, certain exemptions when you fill out your I-9, uh, when you have a new job, let's say you, you have two or three or four that's going to affect how much is withheld from your paycheck. Um, and ultimately what's kind of given to the government as the year progresses. If you overpay, you get a refund. If you underpay, you have to pay taxes in at the end of the year. The accounting side of me or the more fiscal, fiscally responsible side of me says, I want that number to be zero because one, I don't want to have to pay in, you know, at the end of the year. And two, if I get money back at the end of the year, that's money that technically the government's been holding and I haven't been getting interest on in my, my bank account, which would be like probably 0.003 cents. But, yeah, but that's still, you want true. to be technically zero. You don't want a refund at the end of the year. 
you know, I opened a fixed term 36 month CD about, I don't know, nine, 10 months ago. I think I made like four bucks. So if anyone out there is thinking, I'm tired of making one cent a year off of my savings account, fixed term CD might be the wave of the future. Um, a lot of people assume as part of the Republican tax bill, a new higher standard deduction for this year might mean more money in our pockets. Might not be the case. Talk us through why. Uh, yeah, that's it kind of goes back and forth because there's in place of the uh, standard deduction, I think it was around six grand uh, in 2017 and then 2018, I think it's just a flat 12. Um, and by doing that, um, they made taxes a lot easier probably for some people that would choose to itemize. Um, but I would say overall, your, your mileage may vary. That's It really depends on the type of person. For most Americans, it's probably not going to change um, a huge amount. For me, um, I was able to pay off my student loans in the prior year, but you can't um, claim any of that, that interest that you paid on student loans. Just That was one of the caveats in the bill. So there's a few things tucked in there that we had to kind of trade off, I guess, as Americans uh, to get that, that larger standard deduction. But uh, While we're on the topic of standard deductions, what is a standard deduction? My understanding of this is the government saying, this is how much money you can make, and we're going we're gonna to let you have that much with, and not technically get taxed. Now, people that make under that, they, depending on certain things that occur during the year for them or state taxes, they still might have to pay. But essentially, the government's saying, you should be able to live on 12 grand a year and you should be okay. Uh, that's a very boiled down way to look at it. Um, but anything in excess of, of the, the 12, that's basically what will be your um, AGI or your adjusted gross income. $12,000 doesn't seem like a lot, but it, it used to be not, less no, than it that. Not. But to be fair, they're not trying to say, uh, like, don't give us any money. I mean, they're just saying this how much is going to be allowed before taxation uh, is imposed. This is blowing my mind. We're learning so much. I feel like I feel like we should teach a financial literacy class. Yeah, I think that's the last thing everybody wants. But. <laughs> oh man, we could. It could be like half comedy act, half. You actually learn something. Learning through comedy. I. The, the Matthew Quinn Financial Literacy Seminar. Yeah, I think there's probably, a, there's probably a, a, a catchy title in there somewhere. Yeah, but, we'll, um, we're going to brainstorm this summer. Uh, we got, got, let's see, two more questions here about this whole politics stuff, and then we're going to dig okay. into my returns. Uh, one thing the Republican Tax Bill 2017 doesn't seem to have changed is the forecast on the ballooning national debt. Does it really even matter at this point what our debt is? Because you hear about it going up. You hear about, you know, Obama added $74 trillion to the debt. Trump's adding two gazillion. Who, what, talk to us about the debt. I think most Americans have lost track at this point how much, uh, how much is being added. I, I'm going to be honest with you. Um, I don't even know what the, the total sits at right now. It's into the into the trillions obviously but so why should we care um yeah this is this goes into like deeper uh political sides obviously people are gonna probably be politically charged on on this answer specifically um it would be nice to pay down that um i I, me as an individual i hate having debt um i a lot of the companies that i um help audit debt is a necessary um, necessary thing to have because it generates you know more cash flow in terms of being a, a government um, cash flow is very important um, especially because there's a lot of jobs in, in America that you know uh, that are government based however it seems like 
probably the more important thing to focus on is the the debt in terms of trade and that that's in uh, relation to like trade with china and i think that's probably been where a lot of people have been focused on especially in the last probably two years and last year specifically with all the the talks of tariffs and all that it's kind of a, a pretty charged subject um i personally don't think it's going down anytime soon i think the uh the debt will continue to build now that's not to say that we should just keep stacking onto it i don't think this uh this tax reform bill is a a fix um i think the republicans kind of hoped in general that it would encourage more um infrastructure innovation um like kind of feeding into jobs at home opposed to um jobs abroad and a lot of people saw that specifically democrats i think saw that as like a very um near-sighted approach um because if you have uh instead of like sending jobs to uh china or overseas and increasing the debt there you're slashing taxes on corporations and it still the, the effect it ends up being very similar um it just has a different way to get there um the the republicans kind of pushed oh we're, we're basically saving corporations more money so they can reinvest um so honestly if you want a, a great answer both sides I, i think have reasons and valid reasons for what they did but i think they're they're both uh none of them have provided a great solution i think we can all agree that we are losing so badly to china, china. Mm. yeah mm-hmm. that's been the consensus on a lot of parties this year but china 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 i've got to have my china uh we got one more question here and we're going to get to some ads one thing that everyone talks about is itemizing deductions sounds great until you realize that less than 100 of americans actually don't even know what this means can you talk us through itemizing deductions a little bit well i don't know that the statistic that you quoted kind of it sounds like it counts me out a little bit if it's uh Do you say more than 100% don't know? No, I think it was less than, and also it came from a National Center for the Education Statistics uh, children's website, Create a Graph, that I made earlier okay. today. Okay, yeah, that sounds good. Um, so itemized deduction. So uh, to put it into like really um, basic terms, because that's how I think I'm a very basic thinker, um, An itemized deduction is a deduction that you can take in lieu or instead of the standard deduction. Now, these itemized deductions come into play if you have a mortgage or you have, let's say, I think moving expenses falls in there or um, interest expenses for some items. And also um, if you make charitable donations throughout the year. So if all of those things uh lumped together basically meet a certain threshold or over in this this year would be the 12 grand you might choose to um itemize instead of take the standard deduction and what that is is it would be subtracted from your uh your um, original income and it brings you back to your uh agi or, or your adjusted gross income so it's basically like uh which path do you take if you you're familiar with the board game of life right or uh i think candy life had the same thing you can choose one way or the other it's you're still going to end up getting to the same spot um the hope is that you save more money in taxes um if you if you have a, a lot of itemized deductions it can it can reduce your um, adjusted gross income and just kind of as a, a quick tip for everybody adjusted gross income is what you actually get taxed on so so two that to be as low as possible two two points here number one i think you're thinking of monopoly which has both income tax and luxury tax yeah, and then my second yeah my my second point here um is that so you're saying if i donate 100 of my income to charitable donations 
I'm not paying any taxes this year. Yeah, but you're also uh, you have uh, no money to do anything else either. However, there could be a workaround where your charity is the Quinn Foundation. I think we just Quinn. found the loophole. I think this is how <laughs> I, Donald I, Trump I, got elected I president. Think that quite works out because uh, I think they'd find you. But. Oh, we've we've got some scheming to do this summer, but we'll go off air for this stuff. I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest. This it's probably been tried. I think I think we've got some things in the hopper. We're going to be talking later. Uh, let's get to some ads here, and then we're going to get to my taxes, which is what everyone and no one wants to hear about at the same time. Uh, so, yeah, feel free to sip some water if you'd like. Um, <laughs> have a Jack's Pizza. Okay. Uh, Home Pride, Oregon. Are you tired of selling your house for less than a quarter of what it's worth, all because you couldn't find a reliable home inspector in time? Well, Oregon listeners, there's good news. Home Pride Inspection Services in Bend, Oregon, is Central Oregon's hottest new home inspection provider with inspection services including things like heating and cooling, roofing, plumbing, and so much more. Home Pride Oregon is both contractor certified and home inspection certified so you know you're getting the good stuff. If you're tired of big real estate stranglehold on the home inspection market and you want a safe, certified home inspector that you can trust, call Steve at 541-207-1101 or visit homeprideoregon.com. That's 541-207-1101 or visit homeprideoregon.com. Home Pride, Oregon, inspection perfection. I want to give a shout-out to the Samson Q2U series, pulling double duty tonight. Beautiful, crisp, clean, elegant audio quality, getting Matthew on one end and Quinn David Furness, host of the Beantown Podcast, on the other end. Remember, oh, man, walked into that one. Uh, you're messing up the ad. Samson's not going to pay me. Jeez. I'm not going to be able to write this off on my taxes next year. Uh, don't forget, when God speaks, he uses a Samson. Uh, quick shout-out to the TV Guide. Using my Spirit Delta Airlines Sky Points that I earned throughout 2018, I was able to get a, a year-long subscription to the TV Guide uh, subscription service. And I will say this, TV Guide, if you're listening, I would really love when the Connors returns without Roseanne, because it used to be called Roseanne, now it's going to be called the Connors. If you got a, a spread with John Goodman, and on it it says, he's back, I would love that. Maybe he's wearing plaid. I think that would be a good look. So just something to consider as you're you're printing more and more issues, etc. Uh, cuts by Q. Last one. Bob and Weave. We all know the hairstyle. We all love it. But how many Midtown Baltimore-based independent barbers can actually give it to you the way you deserve? Also, that's what she said. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> There's a lot of innuendos in these ads. Yeah, Who wrote these? Uh, enter Cuts by Q. It's like Enter Sandman, but different. Cuts by Q has been independently. <laughs> I can't do it. Cuts by Q has been independently owned and operated since 1995, and is probably one of the better barbershop operations serving Baltimore City, Baltimore County, and Cook County, Illinois. From beehives to bangs, faux hawks to flat tops, and everything in between. Call Cuts by Q at 815-298-7200 or email Cuts by Q at Yahoo.com. That's Cuts, Q-U-T-Z by Q at Yahoo.com. Oh, when you need a fresh do, something snappy and new, just call the experts at Cuts by Q. All right. Well, well, thanks. Last week I botched the song, but I was also trying to sing it as Garrison Keillor. It was bad until you called it out afterwards, and then I started thinking about it. (laughs) Well, the the worst part was I. So last week when I recorded, it was late 
Friday night. No, Saturday night. Um, I think that's right. Uh, so I was I was at the bar, and I was walking back, and I was buzzed, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, I gave myself this fresh new cut today, courtesy of Cuts by Q. Um, I really should advertise on the podcast, and if I'm going to advertise, I'm going to need to do something a little different. So I'm thinking a jingle would be nice. So I spent the better part of my walk home from the bar just trying to like write a jingle in my head, come up with things that rhyme, fun, fresh tunes. And eventually I got it right where I wanted. And so I recorded it on my phone. I still have the original um, copy of that. And I was really excited. And then I get, you know, 40 minutes in my podcast and I'm doing the ad in Garrison Keillor's voice, trying not to break. And, um, yeah, I just, I, I started on the wrong tone. And from there it was. You can't, you can't recover from that. It's very hard to do. No, yeah. maybe if I was sober, but yeah, it didn't make it. Uh, well, we are joined by tax auditor, accountant to the stars, and lead guitarist and vocalist for the Bean Town Podcast Unplugged series, Matthew Fiedler. Welcome back to the Bean Town Podcast. How was uh, how was your halftime? Did you get any anything productive done? Yeah, I, I just had a sip of my uh, my whiskey and coke, um, and uh, I'm charged and ready to go. So. Who who are you drinking tonight? Uh, Jack. Nice, good call. I got some. Uh, I have some Maker's Mark bourbon. You know, that's that's the good stuff, though. That's pretty good. Maker's Mark was the uh, <clears throat> the last in my uh, bourbon taste test, which was a Beantown Unplugged series you can check out on YouTube. Yeah, I, would, I would also recommend uh, Bullet Bourbon's pretty good as well. Bullet's great. I've toured it. It was awesome. It was fun. I was It was me and, like, ten couples. I felt a little weird, but um, you know what? I, I had fun. So that's all that matters. I'm glad you you mentioned Kentucky, though. This was interesting. One more thing, and then I promise we're going to get back to taxes. Um, <clears throat> I was I was working today leading a workshop for some, some high schoolers, and somebody left behind. I don't know if it was one of the high schoolers or if it was somebody in a class before. They left behind a Churchill Downs Kentucky Derby beanie. Not like anything special, but, you know, a nice kind of like interesting thing. And, uh, you know, I did my due diligence, took it around all the high schoolers, say, is this yours, yada, yada, yada. No one claimed it. So I'm now the owner of a Churchill Downs hat. Congratulations. That's pretty great. Thank you. Uh, uh, Did you like disinfect it? Well, it's in my uh, laundry hamper. I'll be washing it. In the next load, so in about yeah, three smart. months or so, it'll be it'll be all clean here. All right. Well, we are talking taxes. It is our 2019 second annual tax special where Quinn kind of releases his taxes live on the air, and we're joined by Matthew Fiedler, who's done it all. He knows the tax code like he knows. Uh, other things. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, let's dig into my taxes here and, and talk through some of the deductions that I'm looking at taking in 2019. First okay. thing, I spent about eight hours at Jury Duty this year, made 15 bucks. What are my options? Um, uh, I think your options are um, just forget about it. I don't. <laughs> so technically, that is income. Um, but yeah, it's so small; it's not going to change anything. So I, I wouldn't claim it, and I don't think you're going to get any deductions for it. I wonder Sorry if there's like that. a, I wonder if there's like a form XQ Y wing bomber attack run I could fill out or something. But I'll be in touch with my local circuit court, and we'll see. We'll see what they say. You know what? I, I realized this when I was at jury duty a couple weeks ago. At least the way it's set up in Baltimore City is anyone can just go show up <laughs> for jury duty because of the, the way they do the check-in process. One, it's not until everyone has compiled themselves into their rooms. But two, because they do it in so many different waves, there's no way they can keep track of who's you know actually supposed to be there or who's not. So I'm thinking one of these days, you know, I only 
I know they only call you in once a year or they're supposed to, but I might start taking jury duty once a week because yeah. they, they would never lunch, even know. Right? Uh, what's that? Do you get a free lunch with that? No, no free lunch. Apparently there were uh, they, they had some sort of discount partnership with some of the local downtown shops and restaurants. There was nothing free about it, although you get paid $15, but you only get the money if you check in. So I'm saying I'm not worried about the money. I'll I I'm here to help you. So yeah, well, I would also say that um, if if I were in any legal issues and I needed a jury, um, I would just invite my friends to kind of show up. And... We're finding yeah. loopholes. The IRS is going to be uh, fumigated after listening to this. In in fumigated after listening to this episode of the Bean Town podcast, I think we should title this episode with some sort of really uh, zippy title. Like you won't believe what the IRS wants you to Doesn't not want know. You to know. Yeah, boy, yeah, we've been coming up with a lot of good ideas. What they don't want you to know. So I'm doing it in my head, internal revenue service. I'm not getting it. Talk us through that. It's just the T-H-E-I-R-S, I-R-S, theirs. Now, there's T-H-E-I-R-S. There's also T-H-E-Y apostrophe R-E-S. We'll, we'll circle back to this one because um, I don't want to drop it just yet. Uh, we all know joining the military equals a huge, ta- huge tax cut, which equals money, money, money. If I was looking to join the military for this sweet bonus, which branch should I choose? And how does the creation of Space Force impact that? Now, I feel like uh, I kind of feel like an ask for uh, I feel like all these great ideas I'm shooting down with, like, really large um, doses of reality um, so first of all I apologize because I just sound like, I sound like a stuffy boring accountant but um, technically you wouldn't get a bonus um, a tax credit is normally just tax that you um, it, it reduces what you'd end up having to pay um, so it's not like free money necessarily however um, I don't have too much experience with uh, military tax deductions. I believe I could be wrong. You get a, you get maybe a specialized um, deduction. However, I think you get an additional deduction if you're in active service. So if you're actually, um, let's say, overseas or in a um, an active zone, uh, your deductions are greater than if you are on like in the reserves. Um, but yeah, the Space Force, though, um, that seems like something that would be worth checking out. I know uh, I, I listened to a little bit of Mike Pence's CPAC speech last week, and he was really getting the crowd riled up about Space Force. So I, things I think to think the about. The best thing to come from all of this talk about the Space Force um, is probably the show that's coming out on Netflix with Steve Carell called The Space Force. Oh, is there a thing? Yeah, and it's from the producers of The Office. So I I have high hopes, and I think that there's a silver lining to this all. Wow, Matthew's teaching us about taxes, arts and entertainment, technology. You, You got like half of the Trivial Pursuit pieces right here in front of us. This is pretty cool. Yep. So, uh, fair enough. Now I was thinking about this in the, in the, the, the shower before we recorded and I didn't, um, open arms. We all know it. Some of oh, us yeah. have attended to service, I'm pretty sure I was getting paid under the table. Are there I'm any sort sure of are there any sort of reparations that the IRS is going to be looking for, you know, 6 7 years later? Yeah, so for those of you who do not know, um, 
Lynn is referring to a uh, a music gig that he had at this um, was it a Lutheran church? Open Arms Lutheran Church. Lutheran Church, and it seems like they were paying him under the table, which. For those of you who, you know, are a little bit slower, uh, it, it, there doesn't have to be a table involved. It's basically just paying cash. However, the downside from this, and what I say is kind of, uh, I don't know, a fault of uh, the Lutheran faith over at that church, doesn't God say give to Caesar what is Caesar's? Um, technically, they should have been paying uh, employer taxes or at least giving you a 1099 I will uh, I will say that I went to Little Caesars frequently that year in high school so I think depending on your interpretation so you gave to Little Caesars what was Little Caesars that's it yeah okay okay I can get there I feel like I had Tax forms at some point. I don't know. I wasn't. I also wasn't doing my taxes when I was eighteen. So maybe I don't know. Yeah. I, we should I, launch I a. Think it does it only uh, if you like run for office in the future. It might mm. be uh, a pain in the ass because someone's gonna find out and dig it up. But other than that, I would say you're probably okay. The Lutherans. I need that crowd for my potential run. <laughs> When I want to run for Congress in Minnesota's northern districts. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sure. Uh, here's a straightforward one for you. Can I claim myself as a dependent? I am a lot to manage. I know you are, but um, technically, no. You cannot claim yourself as a dependent. You uh, rather would use a personal exemption for yourself. Uh, which means that you are free to take the standard deduction. So, yeah, you can't, you're not really dependent on yourself. What if I have a doctor's note substantiating the fact that I'm a schizophrenic? Uh, this, this gets into a, a tricky part, but I think uh, by the state you are identified as an individual person even though your faculties may suggest otherwise. Um, it's kind of like this mob mentality where everyone else thinks that you're just one person, so you are. Do people in Washington, D.C. do state taxes? How does that work? I think they, yeah, they do. I, I'm going to be honest with you, though. Um, I'm not quite sure how their tax forms are just due to the fact that they are state employees. Well, if you are in legislation or if you uh, are in Congress, like I, I'm not quite sure. I'm assuming the process is as straightforward as anybody else's. But I also don't know uh, the caveats on what taxes they pay. And uh, if it's slightly different than the rest of us, but... Washington D.C. It's, it's money. It's a government job, so those are taxed differently. Yeah, but what if you like work at the Starbucks in Washington D.C.? Oh, then I, you're probably just uh, you're like everybody else. But you don't have a state. Yeah, um, that's a good point. Um, to be to work around that, I just probably wouldn't live there. You can you can commute there. It's a good idea. There. It's very it expensive. Yeah, I like I like your way of thinking here. Uh, claiming pets as dependents. Your thoughts? Um, if your pet has a social security number, then it's probably okay. <laughs> if they don't, then not so much. It, it, this was a problem back in uh, I believe the '60s and the '70s. Um, probably before that, but. You're coming across people who would claim, like, Donald Duck and Daffy, and um, the IRS kind of caught on that there's no way to really substantiate that these uh, dependents that were being put down were individual people. So they started acquiring Social Security numbers for each of your, your dependents, as well as yourself and your spouse. So uh, I think if you're... If your pet has a social security number, you could probably get away with it. This sounds like the birth of Obama tapping, if you ask me. Mm -mm. There's a whole other hour for us to talk about. Yeah, yeah it probably is. A couple more questions here. Um, this one's about Beantown. 
Is there anything in the tax code that discusses what to do when your podcast reaches 5,000 listens? Uh, for instance, a lot of companies talk about going public. Is this something that I should be considering moving forward? Uh, also, how does introducing a brand new, sleek, elegant website with domain name BeantownPodcast.com impact things? A lot wrapped into that question. Yeah, um, I'm going to just kind of break it down. Um, I, uh, where, to, where to begin? I'm going to start at the beginning. Okay, so the tax code, I don't think it explicitly singles you out. Um, there's a lot in the tax code, but I just did a quick uh, control fine for Beantown and nothing came up, so I think you're probably good there. However, um, I don't think you're quite ready to go public. Um, I don't take that as an insult, uh, but I think that there's it's probably not good for your uh, your budget and, and infrastructure at the time. Give it a, give it a year or two. Um, and you could go public. However, if you were to go public, you could be double taxed. And this is, do you want to open this can of worms? It sounds like the socialists getting their way. Oh yeah. So technically you, you could file a schedule C this year. Um, which basically means you have, you have a company, um, or a podcast be town, so it's it's kind of its entity. However, you are solely responsible for it, so it's not a, a separate entity. Now, if you were to start an LLC or a limited liability corporation for Beantown, like Beantown LLC, um, I like how that sounds. Yeah, I know it has an extra ring to it, doesn't it? It would be its own separate entity. But right now, um, most people, if they like, have a a job from their house or they kind of, they could be like a nanny or babysitter or anything like that. If they get a 1099 even, um, they could, they'll file a, a Schedule C. And the way that I look at it for you, especially this year, you uh, you recently, shout out to your fundraising uh, profits. Um, technically that's income for, uh, for being town. So you would have to claim it as income, and then for you, you would probably document the expenses that came out of it, and the difference is um, taxable revenue. Um, that's the right way to do it. Uh, off the record, I'm going to say, I know I'm on, still on the record, but it, it's such a small amount, and to be fair, all that money, as you kind of uh, broke down is spoken for so it is tied to an expense so there's no actual revenue that's flowing through you so at the end of the day i feel like you could justify i mean the irs is not going to come after you for 300 bucks of of income probably but you could justify that it is all going straight to expense so so yeah so i think you're okay um without filing a schedule c this year but that's my um somewhat educated opinion you've given us a lot to think about beantown llc a quinn david furnace company i don't know i i, I kind of it would be nice to add to the end of the show um a lot the nasdaq how do we get on that um uh, well yeah this kind of taps into the the going public and being a major driver in in the industry um because the industry kind of has these uh certain companies you've probably heard of like the fang which is facebook amazon netflix and uh, google um they're them grouped together are basically large drivers in the tech industry um and uh, a lot of uh, investors kind of bundle together certain groups or groupings and that uh looking at their um their fluctuations or their profitability or their health kind of help um, them judge where the stock market's going and the trends and what have you. Um, You would be lumped into probably media, media groups. um, And yeah, maybe, maybe next year um, after you go public, uh, that's, that's a conversation that we can, we can talk about and, uh, and revisit. 
got so much to talk about. Wow. Yeah, we do. It's all happening right at the end. Uh, I got I got two more questions for you, and then we're gonna let you go. Um, this there's a lot in this first one though. There's a lot of creative flexibility on your end. Um, a lot of people know that getting married can cut your taxes in half. And a lot of other people know that keeping all your gold locked up in the Cayman Islands is a quick way to financial security. But what a lot of other people don't know about is getting married in the Cayman Islands. Why should engaged couples who are looking at destination wedding locations consider the Caymans this year? Your thoughts? It's just, well, one, it's a lot warmer than where I am currently. Uh, That in itself makes it great enticing um as far as tax benefits uh good question you're taxed on where you live um so essentially going to the caymans that's probably not going to help you too much um but i hear it's a, a wonderful place so cayman islands versus swiss bank accounts what are your thoughts Now, a lot of people know that Switzerland was neutral in World War II, but do you know which side the Cayman Islands fought for? Um, I think they were just kind of doing their own thing, I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, Probably just fighting sunburn opposed to actual war. (laughs) Too busy hosting destination weddings, I suppose. Yeah, that's probably true. All right, last question for you. You're known for being the biggest, baddest tax auditor in all of northern Illinois. Have you ever considered going after the big fish? Matthew Fiedler audits the IRS. Talk to us. Um, yeah, I don't, I've never, I'm going to be honest, never thought of it. Um, it. The IRS technically audit you um, at the end of the year, so... To audit an auditor is, is, is something, uh, it's very inception-like. It could be done. Um, basically, what you'd end up doing is the audit would consist of testing their public controls um, because you don't want someone who's uh, probably lazy and just saying, okay, yep, that's good, yep, that's good. You know, you want to actually verify that they're doing their job and so that's kind of what an audit would probably look like for them, making sure the controls are in place, that they're being followed, and then you'd probably uh, randomly select returns or look into um, open amounts that the IRS is disputed or, or what have you and make sure that the, there's valid reasons for what, they, what they've done. It sounds like they're very understaffed, though, um, so I don't know. An audit for them, it would be uh, very rough to to work alongside it. It would, it would definitely not happen in the next few months because I know they're going to be fairly busy coming up. But so you're saying it might be a better screenplay than an actual life event. Well, I don't know. It depends on how exciting you find auditing. Um, to most of my friends, and uh, shout out to my girlfriend. Um, Jockey, she doesn't think that accounting is all that exciting. I'll tell great accounting jokes, and uh, I think my humor has gotten very dry as of, as of recent years. The more that you get stuck in a, a cubicle working on numbers, it just doesn't make you a funny person. So it could be a very boring screenplay is what I'm saying. Well, I'm thinking there could uh, – one word for you, infiltration. I'm thinking maybe you expose the lies – and the other happenings at the IRS, maybe they've been taking too much of their cut for years and years. I'm thinking like National Treasure mixed with the firm mixed with the Wolf of Wall Street. I don't know. I think there's something there. Man, that's uh, a pretty exciting love child from all those movies. Um, oh, the greatest menage a trois in history. Yeah, that's true. That's another screenplay I'm going to be working on. Um, it gives me a lot to think about. Would, would I be able to choose who plays me? 
Yeah, but it has to be Zach Braff. Oh, yeah, I guess that makes sense. I was going for like a young Dustin Hoffman type figure. <laughs> You're never going to give that up. <laughs> no, not really. I guess if John Cusack has a child, uh, oh, I don't know about a son. But it doesn't matter if it's a son or a daughter. They all look <laughs> the same. Cusack, so. This is true. Oh, man. Well, we are reaching the end here. 55 minutes of thought-provoking tax discussions on our 2019 Taxes podcast. Uh, Matthew, we're getting to our closing remarks here. Is there anything you want to plug while you're here live on the air? responsible this coming year and get your taxes done before uh, probably try to do it before April um, otherwise you'll just forget uh, legally you should have all your tax documents by this point um, I think the legal stipulation is uh, the end of February so uh, you should have everything you need to get started and knock out your taxes it's not as scary as people think you can get them kicked back and you just you fix it you resubmit And when is tax day this year? It's the 15th. And in fact, it's always still the 15th. However, there was a period uh, in prior years where it was the 18th, but that was because the 15th was a Saturday. Um, and there was some weird stipulation with the dates. So it can't actually occur on a Saturday or a Sunday. It has to, has to fall on a, uh, a weekday. Now, does the IRS need the forms by the 15th, or are we talking postmarked by the 15th? So I believe it's, if it's postmarked by the 15th, you're okay, actually. Um, however, you can also file extensions if you know that you don't have all your tax documents in order, or uh, let's say you're waiting on a reissued W-2 that was given to you and it was wrong. Uh, you can actually file an extension, and that gives you a little bit of a grace period. Wow. I, I think you can even do that through TurboTax. You can file an extension. I could be wrong, but... This has turned into an hour-long advertisement for TurboTax. I think you can do it with Tax Slayer as well and h and Black online. What about... I'm just uh, there. Let's see. What about... Um, oh, there's that one. It's not Edward James almost. There's, there's another bank, Schwab. What about Charles Schwab? It's a fun name, Schwab. It is pretty good. I always, whenever I hear the name Charles Schwab, I, I think of those uh, commercials of yesteryear where they had this weird, like, 90s type of filter over the people talking where they made them look kind of like cartoons. Do you remember that at all? I don't, but I'll have to go look it up. Oh, you should look it up. Yeah, I'm sure there's stuff on YouTube of it. But, yeah, it really, it really uh, painted a lasting impression of Charles Schwab in my mind. Well, Matthew, you've given us a lot to think about, a lot to chew on, a lot to sleep on as we uh, approach, where are we, about 30-some days until tax day in America. Uh, Closing remarks here. Any last thoughts for the listeners? Um, I would say uh, thanks for sticking it out, listening to uh, a lot of this information. Uh, Also, fact check it make sure that's 100% accurate because you can't believe everything you hear just some of what you hear so that's a pretty good uh description of the bean town podcast in general i think in general, well i think it's it's nice you uh you tag it at the very beginning like this is the leading source for misinformation because it just covers your ass like oh yeah literally anything past that point anything goes yeah, I don't, I don't want to be subpoenaed. Yeah. Subpoenaed. I don't want any of that. Yeah. Mm. I can't go to court. I already missed a day for jury duty last week. So. Yeah, technically you already went to court. It just wasn't Exactly. Day, so. Yeah. Well, uh, thank you, Matthew, for everything. Apologies for the... I'm getting phone notifications. My phone is blowing up. I think Final Jeopardy, my mom just sent to me, so we're going to have to answer that later. But... Um, 
thanks again to dear friend of the podcast, Matthew Fiedler, taking us through all things taxes and putting up with my questions, which I got to him about 20 seconds before we started recording. Um, yeah, for uh, all of us here at the Beantown Podcast, good night, good luck. Uh, check out BeantownPodcast.com, the Beantown blog, all that good stuff updated here and there. Uh, Quinn David Furness, Beantown Podcast, signing off. Everyone have a good week. Very excited. Next week is the birthday podcast. You remember from last year, we sat down with a bottle of wine and one of those frozen pepperidge farm cakes. We're doing it year two again this year. It's going to be huge. We're going to be reading more wine labels. It's going to be a good time. So make sure you tune in for that. Otherwise, that's what we got for you. So thanks for listening. Hope everyone has a good week. Get your taxes done. Call Matthew with any questions you have because he knows all this stuff. And uh, otherwise, we are going to check in on you next week.